0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Better in Bed, the podcast where we talk about sex and inspire you to get better at it. I'm Sarah, and I'm a certified sexologist and coach. And I help people like you overcome shame, explore your sexuality, and communicate more meaningfully about sex. Now I know a lot of you listening to this podcast love the tips, stories, and insights that we dish out about sex every episode. So if you want that more regularly in your inbox, do drop by my website, SarahSense.com, and join my email community. You'll get some special resources and insights that I don't share anywhere else but on email. Everyone talks about work-life balance, but I want to specifically talk about work-life sex-life balance. When a relationship is new, sex is often automatically a top priority. But then as time goes by, life takes over careers, kids, chores, we're busy, we're tired, sex slips down our to-do list and it becomes something we only do on holidays and special occasions. And if this balance tips the other way for too long, people start to experience dry spells, they disconnect from their partners, or they feel sexually frustrated and resentful and a whole bunch of other issues arise. So I guess the question I'm really hoping to answer with this episode is, we only have so many hours in the day. How can we have a hot and fulfilling sex life and a demanding work life at the same time? Is it even possible? I can't wait to discuss this more with my guests today. I have two of them joining me from different parts of the world. And before I introduce them, I would like to preface this by saying that we ran into a few tech issues when recording this episode, so the sound quality might be a little inconsistent. But hopefully you'll still enjoy the conversation because we do share loads of great insights and practical tips on the topic. So let me introduce who I have joining me in the studio today. Lisa is the founder and CEO of Clarity, the app for your love life. Their mission is to make happy, healthy, and successful relationships accessible to all. Clarity is a relationship wellness app that gives you the tools to navigate every stage of your dating and relationship journey. And they've built the first and only 24-7 hotline that lets you speak to dating and relationship coaches on demand. And joining Lisa and I today is Carmelia. Carmelia Ray is an award-winning matchmaker and dating expert, and she has spent over 30 years connecting people and helping them find the perfect partner. She is also the head coach for the Clarity app. So welcome to Better In Bed, Lisa and Carmelia. So Lisa, tell me more about your journey. Why did you decide to start the Clarity app? And how did you start collaborating together with Carmelia?
1: First off, thank you so much for having me on your podcast today, Sarah. It's truly a delight. I started this company as a female entrepreneur about a couple years ago because throughout the last decade and a half since I started dating, I struggled tremendously in my love life. Like this is the one area of my life that really caused me a ton, a ton of heartache, headache. It just was a huge challenge just navigating the dating and relationship landscape as a millennial. And I saw that a lot of the people around me had very similar narratives coming from Silicon Valley, where everybody is so ambitious and they're so focused on their careers, right? But when it came to their love life, Somehow I was always, I still am, that 911 emergency call for a lot, a lot of my close friends. And there were so many instances, Sarah, where there are some of my girlfriends who are the most beautiful, intelligent women in the world. They even threatened to take their own lives because of a really, really bad breakup, right? So when people say that you can die of a heartbreak, I really believe that's true You know, and everything that you see on Instagram, people only post the highlight reels of their relationships, right? But people don't talk about what really goes on behind the scenes. And after having spoken to thousands of people around the world about their love life in order to build this platform, I came to realize that wow. People really, really need an app for your love life, right? There are so many apps for meditation, fitness, and therapy. But what about the one area of your life that affects every other aspect of your well-being and happiness, right? Your relationships affect you psychologically, mentally, physically, financially, spiritually. It's really that one aspect that affects every other aspect of your life. It's very safe to say that, especially after the pandemic, people need more help than ever when it comes to their love life. And so I brought Carmelia, our head coach on board, because she is the epitome of a people person. She understands the dynamics of people and what it means to be compatible. I think a lot of people jump into relationships and stay in relationships. For many, many years, or even lifetimes, because they got into the relationship for the wrong reason, and they didn't really truly assess what compatibility really means. And so having one of the top matchmakers in the world on our platform, she's really brought a lot to the table in terms of helping people understand the interpersonal relationships, the dynamics, and compatibility, and how to build and grow attraction.
0: Absolutely. And I'm so excited to actually hear more from her. We're going to be talking to her at length about some of her thoughts a little bit later. But I did go into the Clarity website as part of my research for this episode. And, you know, it very clearly says dating is hard. Relationships are complicated. We're here to help. Why do you think dating and relationships are so complicated and challenging for so many people?
1: You know, Sarah, relationships are something that are not taught to us growing up, Mm. right? And so, how can we be expected to thrive in an area that we're not educated about? We're educated in every aspect when it comes to our education, right? But when it comes to your relationships and how to not only build them, But how to communicate effectively, how to navigate conflict, these are all some really, really crucial elements and topics that people have to invest in order to really thrive in, right? Like in every type of education, when it comes to your relationship education, it takes time and it takes effort. And sometimes the process can even be painful because you're looking at the trauma that you accumulated over the years or decades where you were dating and all the relationship scars that you might be carrying. So it could be a painful journey as well. Personal growth is something that can be very, very rewarding, but at the same time, it can't hurt. Yeah,
0: I agree. I mean, we aren't taught this stuff I mean, definitely even with sex, right? Particularly our education around sex, education around relationships. They're really interconnected, but it's so inadequate. And yet they are really core parts of our lives. So I'm so glad that you actually started the Clarity app. Like this is a great problem that needs to be solved, I think.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that, Sarah. You know, another reason why we wanted to build a platform like this is because all of the existing dating apps out there, all they do is match you, right? All they do is connect you, but they provide zero guidance, zero support. If anything, they want to keep you on there single even longer so that they can make more money off of you. Yeah. And so where do you even go for support or guidance? Do you go to your friends A lot of people say, okay, well, I'll probably go to my friends, right? But your friends oftentimes give you the worst advice. Like there are so many instances where I took my friend's advice and I was, (laughs) I mean, yeah, big time. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's important to be able to access the kind of support and guidance from experts. Yeah, I agree. I wish I had somebody
0: to guide me through some of my own early relationship challenges. I mean, that would have been so nice. I think friends are a great sounding board necessarily, but I think having somebody who is an expert is also very valuable. And because you started Clarity as part of really like your personal journey, right? It was something that you wanted to start because you wanted to solve a problem that you had experienced yourself and you had seen a lot of your friends go through and you felt like it would really resonate with a lot of people. I know for myself, when I started this podcast and when I Put myself out there and I started to interview a lot of intelligent and amazing people about their thoughts on sex and relationships. It really helped me to grow so much as a person. And I guess I was just wondering, in terms of your own personal journey, right? In terms of starting Clarity, like how has that changed you and your view on relationships?
1: Have you found clarity in any way? Absolutely. Absolutely. I have found clarity in several, several ways in a lot of ways throughout this entire journey, building this app. For one thing, I was always choosing the wrong men Mm. always. And that's why I ended up in these really toxic relationships because Mm. again, I didn't understand what compatibility was right. Or is for me, You know, what's basically right for me is probably not right for somebody else. Right. And so compatibility, I think is something that is really unique to every single person. And so to really begin understanding yourself is crucial. That's the first step. And so throughout this journey, like I really, really began to understand, like, what does Lisa want? What does Lisa need? But what's actually good for Lisa? in the short run or in the long run, in the long run, the, the grand scheme of things, right? And so relationships are so incredibly multifaceted, they're so complicated, and you know, it really boils down to a lot of the things that we are basically covering in our app is things like communication and how to use these tools to really serve you that are provided by experts.
0: So let's just dive into the topic. I want to talk more about work-life, sex-life balance, which is our topic for today. I'm sure every person defines this balance differently, but I'm curious what the definition of an ideal work-life, sex-life
2: balance looks like for you, Carmelia. It's interesting because having worked with so many singles, I've been doing this for over 30 years in the dating relationship space. I also have been married twice, (laughs) and so my own personal experiences, for me, that word work-life, sex-life balance is that tricky thing that a lot of people struggle with because at different times in our lives, in different times of our work, we're going to have a lot of imbalance, right? You're going to have projects. I'm an entrepreneur, so for entrepreneurs especially, work-life can be a priority a lot. And then your sex life also gets put to the side. However, when you don't have work and because you have certain freedoms, one could argue that you can have a lot more sex because you control your hours and you're not tied to this nine to five. But for me, a work-life, sex-life balance is when both people feel happy and satisfied in both of those areas, right? So they are communicating regularly, There is agreement on what the appropriate amount of sex is, the appropriate amount of time spent at work. And when it's not, they are in conversation to resolve that situation. It's never perfect. And when you're working in projects or you have issues at work that are out of control, issues in your hormones, issues with your physicality that's out of your control, then it's really about finding the happy middle between you and your partner.
0: I really like what you said. It's a very dynamic concept. That's what you're saying. Yeah. It's almost not defined by frequency, but really like by the quality.
2: A hundred percent. I have two business partners right now that recently had babies. One of my best friends recently gave birth to a baby boy. And I remember in conversation during pregnancy, there was no sex life. I'm not going to say who she is, right? But there was no sex life in her relationship. Now, when I was pregnant, I had the same sex life. There was not a difference in the frequency or amount. If anything, my partners, both at the time, really loved my body right but it also made me feel great and special there were times that i looked at myself as my body is going through this metamorphosis right and i'm like i don't even want to look at myself in the mirror but then after having my last child and i had my daughter at 44 my youngest i really was proud of my body and i loved my body and so did my partner so there was a different experience and the sex life was better in that intimacy, and some people, like pregnant sex, we can talk about that too, is great. And for some people, first-time parents, oh my God, I don't want to hurt the baby and oh, you know all of those different concerns. So that's an example of where your sex life might thrive or your sex life might completely disappear because you're going through this new phase. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: It just sounds like the ideal balance is something where you and your partner negotiate and you get your intimacy needs met And you take pleasure and joy in the sex that you're having at whatever stage you're at.
2: Sometimes in couples, they don't have those conversations and you just fall into this period where you're not having sex at all. Or you fall into this period, especially during financial crisis, where you're working too much. And then you're not having sex because there's the stress that impacts libido, right? Depending on if you're arguing with one another, nobody wants to have sex with somebody you're mad at. Now, makeup sex is great. That's the other thing, right? After a great fight could be a great makeup. So that could be great too, but it also depends on the couples. So it's so dynamic. I don't think there's a one size fits all recipe for what's appropriate, what's healthy sex life balance I know some couples that have sex every day and I know some couples that have sex once a month and both people are happy with the amount and frequency. It works for them. So you've got to really understand your body, understand your needs. If your needs aren't being met and you need to express that. And I think part of the challenge there is that people are afraid to talk about their needs and they're afraid to ask for what they want, even in asking for the positions or asking for certain actions to take place or maybe changing things up. I wonder what how my partner is going to react if I say, can we try this? What are you watching pornography? Where did you learn all that? You know, so like this is a delicate conversation for a lot of people to have. So I'm so glad that you're bringing it up. Yeah. And how would you
0: suggest that people actually broach the topic when they are having a dry spell and when things do feel Out of whack because I often feel that people just sort of dance around it and they just avoid the conversation. And then obviously it gets worse.
2: So, number one, you listen to your podcast, right? You find those resources that will help you get the confidence that you need. Oftentimes it is because one maybe doesn't feel deserving, or for whatever reason, they make assumptions of how their partner is going to react. So my first advice is how you approach your partner is important, right? And I would never approach your partner in a way that's uh, blaming, in a blaming, you know, you don't do this or you haven't done that, right? And I feel as well, when you want something, you need to be able to be that thing. If for some reason there's been no sex life, well, there's two people that create that, right? So what actions can you take so that there is more sex in your life? whether it is to treat yourself to a spa, like to also know, like when I say spa, like you got to relax a little bit, right? In order to get into that mood and to muster that courage. So if the lack of sex, be accountable first, right? Sarah, people often don't look at what can they be doing to have more or better sex in their own life. If they're not broaching the subject, it's not going to change. So I think the first thing is to do whatever it takes to get yourself in that sexual mood. During the pandemic, for those who were like seeing their partners in PJs and they're not getting all dolled up and it's just like, ugh, I'm married to that, you know, (laughs) I've heard a lot of this as well. You got to step out of that comfort zone and maybe get your hair cut, buy some sexy lingerie, manscape, and they can buy sexy clothes too that make them feel more empowered. I think it always starts from knowing what they need and then being more sexual and expressive with their partner. And maybe when they have intimacy, to be more vocal. I really love this connection. Whispering in their ear or, oh, I wish we did this more often. Like, I think you can do that while you're in the sexual experience And then just really let your partner know how great it feels to be connected to them. That could be another way that you do it is to do that. But instigate it, motivate it. It's like a lot of single women I talk to say, is it okay to ask a man out? Do I seem forward? I'm like, yeah, men love when you take initiative. At least most of the men that I know, they love when you take the initiative. I remember a time in my partnership where my partner says, you know, you haven't initiated In a long time. And I'm thinking, yeah, but you always initiate, so I don't have to, right? (laughs) So (laughs) that being said, the experience for him is that he didn't feel desired because all of the initiation came on his part. And then I became a lazy lover because I'm thinking we're going to have sex anyway, rather than looking at it as, hey, he just expressed to me that he'd like me to initiate. And so I needed to take that information and actually do something about it. If I didn't do something about it, there'd be more complaints. Or he could then retract and say, well, I'm not going to initiate. And then there could be resentments. I think it's so important what
0: you're saying, because a lot of people feel like sex should always be spontaneous and effortless. And it seemed like relationships, right? The sort of misconception. And they don't realize that actually, if you want to have a fulfilling sex life, what you're saying is by talking about it, by making the effort to take initiative, by even turning yourself on in the moment. These are things that sort of take effort and they take a consciousness and awareness. So I think a lot of the times when work life, sex life goes out of balance, it's also because people just neglect it. They're just not conscious of the fact that they're just working too hard. And I think it comes back to this myth because sex should always feel spontaneous and we should always just feel like it. Whereas I think what you're saying is a more intentional approach to sex is really very important.
2: Yeah. And I would agree that the amount of preparation that think about your first, maybe not your first sexual experience, but think about the excitement you would have had with a new lover and to treat your partner Like the intention you gave the first time you were going to have sex, right? Where were you going to go for dinner? How did you want the bed to look? What food were you going to have? What did you prepare for after sex? So I got to make sure everything looks great and smells great. And I got to be perfect because you're having sex for the first time. There's a lot of intentionality that goes into a prepared, planned first time, right? Sometimes people want this passionate, ah, it just happened. We're both just into each other and that passion. But you also have to realize, and to your point, Sarah, when you're married, you have children, and this is not for everyone, but I do know for many couples, both people are working, both are parenting, maybe they have kids in diapers, to find the time to have sex in a pleasurable way when you're not afraid kids are going to walk into your room. It's a mission. It is a mission and it's planned. And when it's done, you both celebrate, oh my God, we were able to have (laughs) sex. High five. (laughs) Right. I would suggest you treat it like that. Be excited about that moment. It's not silly. And then while you're in the moment and after the moment, you acknowledge, you know, you just acknowledge your partner. You use whatever is in their I'll add this for matchmaking, love language. People have different love languages. Some people want to be told or hear that you appreciate them. You look amazing today. And others like that just physical touch or you haven't touched me. You know, women love it when the man like goes around their waist from behind or they're touching their hair or they just randomly. When's the last time I told you that you look absolutely beautiful? My partner says that a lot when I have zero makeup on, like none. He goes, I wish you never wore makeup again. And I'm like, I like makeup, though. (laughs) It's those kinds of things where you just show appreciation without it being planned. And that's going to also create sexual tension. Texting your partner is great. Like when you're at work, I can't wait to blah, blah, blah. Right. Or, oh, my God, what do you want to do tonight? Where do you want to do it? Let's try it here. Like you can actually visualize that for your partner and set that up right? And some people are terrified to even do that to their partner. So you just have to really try some different things.
0: And I think what you're saying, I love because it's not necessarily all grand gestures, they can be small little things. Little bits of appreciation, little text message—you know—this all just so- creates so much juiciness in your mm-hmm. sex life and in your relationship. And you can do it all through the day, not just five minutes before you're gonna have sex, right? You can just sort of right. have that build up all through the day. You anticipate it. It's like part of your team mission, I guess, which is a like- lovely way of putting it.
2: Yeah, let's say you're a woman at the office and you've got your sexy heels on or you intended to. You could like take a picture of your legs, send it to your partner and go, these wrapped around you later. Oh my, if he, I'm sure he'd be like, whoa, his buddies would be like, what did you just get? You know, so it doesn't have to be explicitly, overtly sexual. It could be very subtle, in my opinion, a lot of those subtleties that create more anxious anxiety and anticipation for sex later on.
0: Mhm. Mhm. So, we touched on this briefly, but in Hong Kong where I currently live and I'm recording from, a study was recently conducted on young adults aged 25 to 34, and they cited that fatigue, poor mental health, and the stress resulting from the pandemic were some of the top factors that hindered their sex lives. Now, I know you're based in the U.S. normally, and conditions might be slightly different. But I was wondering how you thought that the pandemic may have actually affected the work-life, sex-life balance for many people. And what would be your suggestions for people that were impacted by this?
2: You know, loneliness is a real like, disease. It's a real challenge, and it impacts your health. They actually said that more people die from loneliness than smoking cigarettes or, or having cancer, which is crazy to me. And so mental health was very, was challenged during the pandemic. Here's the thing. During the pandemic, a lot of people were isolated. Some people really thrive in a working environment because there's people around. And so for these young people who are used to socializing, who are used to going out for dinner with friends, who are used to going at big groups that all of a sudden have to find entertainment within themselves, and then the single people who were told you can't touch anybody or meet anybody and you got to wear this mask, of course, it could be very challenging. However, there are things that you can do to affect and impact your libido and your mood on your own. And some of those known things, of course, is getting enough sleep. Sometimes there are things with depression where you get too much sleep and you're in bed a lot. Being active is really important. Daily exercise, whether it is even walking. During the pandemic, I can't tell you how many home exercise things I saw. Plyometrics, yoga, like whatever you can do to stay active. It's not an excuse that you don't have a gym. The gym can be right in your home. So it's having the mentality of saying you're not stuck, right? Like the world isn't after you. Everybody is in that place. So what can you do to make this lemonade out of the lemons that you were given? It's, it's really mindset, but also healthy diet, like exercise and activity, diet. People got on the COVID pounds, right? Because they didn't exercise or they ordered food in, but the type of food they ordered was comfort food. It wasn't healthy food. So you have to remember how you feed your body is what impacts your mind. So if you're going to be eating chips and things that drag you down, and then you're going to look and you're not going to like what you look like in the mirror. I think you have to totally focus on your self-pleasure. I don't know for those people who believe in self-pleasure or not, but you've got to know how to pleasure yourself in order to teach somebody else how to do that, right? And I don't think there's anything wrong with self-pleasure. You probably have more data on that sort of thing, but don't eliminate a sex life because you don't have a partner. I think you can have a very healthy sex life and really enjoy your own company and really subscribe to and feed your mind with the kind of fuel and the kind of information that's going to create more excitement when you get to go out versus, oh, there's no one around, and you're feeding your mind with all this negativity, you're feeding your body with that, and then that stress just becomes more and more of the same thing. So I gave a lot of insight but I know these are some of the things that I had to do. And when I found myself feeling depressed and feeling sad and feeling sorry, and then I'm like, wow, I always practice gratitude. I think gratitude is always the first thing that you can do and really be conscious of what can you be thankful for. We might be in a pandemic, but we're alive. We're breathing. We can still impact people, right? Look at this. You and I are having a conversation. You're in a whole nother part of the world I'm in Rome right now on vacation with my children, but we are still making the time to have this important dialogue. And I'm not making an excuse about why we can't have this discussion. So dating can happen this way. There's a lot of things that you have to get used to, but it really starts with your self-perception. You're not gonna wanna have sex when your perception of self is poor. You're not gonna wanna have sex when your energy is low. So what do you have to do to get your energy up to get yourself to a point where you want to connect with people when it's the right time. So I just really think that people can be responsible for their own happiness. It's so important as a matchmaker, people tend to look for a partner to fulfill their happiness. And Will Smith said it best when he had said, when him and Jada have been married a long time, they've been a couple that's been in the spotlight a lot, but he had said, I realize that Jada's happiness is not my responsibility. My responsibility is for me to be happy. Her responsibility is for her to be happy. That way, when we're together, it's not a job to try to please my partner. You should already find that within yourself. So stop looking for happiness outside of what you can provide for yourself. That makes you more attractive. It makes you more independent. And it makes you more grateful for the fact that you don't need somebody in your life to provide you with these feelings that you so crave. Of course, love is great. Sex is great. Intimacy with an actual partner is great. Mm -hmm. There's some women that like toys and some women that don't. For me, I've always preferred a real human being. (laughs) And I know how to pleasure myself with the absence of of using toys is mind for me, right? So Mm -hmm. I almost feel like a toy is like a replacement, but everybody has different kind of needs and wants, right? So for me, it's Mm -hmm. always about if I feel like crap, I got to do something about it because nobody else is going to make me feel better. It really is my responsibility.
0: Yeah, and I think you bring up some really great points. So what you're saying, self-care and self-pleasure, both are really like the antidote for Mm. that kind of loneliness that the pandemic has maybe brought to us. But I think it's also great to note this idea that work-life, sex-life balance can also be for single people. You don't have to be in a relationship to also have a work-life sex-life balance and your point about self-pleasure and investing in this sort of me time solo sex you know sex with someone you love that's what self-pleasure is essentially right
2: Well, I love me, so why not have sex with myself? (laughs) Yeah, but that's also part
0: of maintaining the balance, right? You don't always need to have a partner to have a work-life, sex-life balance necessarily. You know, you can also invest. um,
2: And I think when you talked about earlier about having the shame, or there's a lot of shame attached to sex, right? So some single people may choose to have sex for physical pleasure, without having the context of romance. They have their lovers, we'll call it lovers, and they have an agreement about what that relationship looks like. You can have a sexual partner and you can have many sexual partners and you're in agreement with how it's going to work and still have a very fulfilling sex life so long as you can sleep at night and you're okay with having multiple sexual partners. I don't judge anybody for what they do or how they choose to have sex. It's their choice. But I think what's important is that they operate with transparency with the partners that they're with, because that then leads to, I think there's more shame in sex when you're not honest about your situation or that you end up hurting other people because you're only thinking selfishly of your sexual needs and not of the other person. Because great sex, in my opinion, is when both people are satisfied and both people are aware of the context of this relationship. It can be purely sexual, it could be sex leading to relationship. So just define the sexual experience before you get into it. I think that that's really important. absolutely.
0: And interestingly, there is actually research out there that shows great sex is actually beneficial for your work life and your career. So there's a study by Oregon University and Washington University that says that employees who had sex during the two-week period who showed up to work had a more positive mood the next day if they had sex for two weeks. And because they were in a good mood in the morning and throughout the day, it sustained them throughout the workday. It helped them be more engaged and more productive. So what are your thoughts on how a healthy sex life can actually help you have a better career and better work life?
2: Number one, I used to work in a call center with a company called Together Dating and LifeMates Canada when I was out working for this organization. And it was probably 80% women that worked at the office. You knew when someone had sex because they came <laughs> into work. Oh, she got laid last night. Oh, somebody had sex. You always knew when somebody had a healthy sex life because they literally walked into the office freshly having done whatever they experienced or the night before, and they're still high from that experience. Of course, when you have a healthy sex life and a healthy bank account, like, hey, when you have a great work day, same impact, I think. When you're going to work in a stressful environment and you don't like the people around you, that's going to be obvious because that pep is not in your step. Why do you think all of the Viagra commercials have guys walking around with their shoulders up and they like, woohoo, they're all happy. So yeah. great sex creates a happy workforce. And that's why I think office should give time for people to have yes. sex. If they need to. Go home and have a quickie if you want to, right? <laughs> A lot of people work from home. Yeah. So I think that as unsexy as this might be, plan for that sex. Okay, babe, what time are we going to meet in the bedroom? Kids are gone, two o'clock. Let's make it happen. And we're not doing missionary. We're doing blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Literally schedule that. So I think, by the way, those, again, not to discount singles, because singles can still, first of all, it's the relationship with self, but it is also known statistically that happy couples and the term happy because you can be an unfulfilling relationship, right? And you'll die sooner, but happy couples live longer. There are studies that have shown that men after cardiac arrest that were with a partner lived like 30% longer because they had a partner. And why? Because when you have a loving partner, your partner wants you to live long. I want to live as long as possible. And so I want to live and see my children I'm an older mother, so I'm going to do whatever I can so that I can extend my lifespan as much as possible. And if sex is one of those things, I'm going to schedule that into my diary so that I live longer. Yeah, so
0: Yeah. Yeah. Put that in. Anything that's important always goes in the diary. Yeah, it should. So I know you're a mom and you mentioned. So I wanted to focus just on that. So what are some practical ways to make sex a priority for people with kids, particularly? Because I know it is a big challenge.
2: Okay, people with kids, for those who can do this, I highly recommend that you have date night and you have planned date night. To just have sex on demand, again, for some people, they're built differently. They may need to feel wine and dined or starting from the morning, leading to the sexual experience at night. It's planning. So one of the things you need to do is find a babysitter, right? Find a babysitter, a trusting friend, and let them know, I want to have date night with my partner. I want to have date night with my wife, my husband, whatever, so that they know what the MO is. Okay, great. You want to have sex. All right. I think more people will get on board to support you if you're saying that you need this time and you value intimacy. For those who have parents that are in their vicinity, that they can drop the kids off, right? Maybe, depending on the age of the children, you can send your teenagers to a play date or drop them off at a movie. You got two hours at that point. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you got to set that up. And again, plan it. Plan it and maybe be even surprise your partner. I think there's things, it makes it even better when you're doing something that your partner isn't aware of and it's always great. You don't have to wait for a birthday or an anniversary or something like that. I think a lot of couples wait to have sex for these special moments when every day can be a special moment. I really go back to the point of how did you treat sex when you were first excited about each other? Use the same kind of planning and energy and interest in your partner. And it always starts with, again, how can you get yourself in the mood so that you are more engaged in it as well? I know that for me, if I'm coming off of a busy day and I've been all around the city and whatnot, and I want to probably want to freshen up, get, take off the clothes from the day, go into something different, have a chance to unwind that's another tip for people who are dating, you got to relax when you're on the date. So what do you got to do to get yourself in the mood or relax so you're not all hyper, and then you have difficulty performing. So those are some of my tips.
0: Yeah, I think that's such great advice, because I think there are I know a lot of very busy, stressed out people, some of them may be parents, but some of them may just be busy entrepreneurs. I think they know intellectually, it's important to my relationship to maintain an active work life, sex life balance. However, they're just when it comes down to it, they're just not in the mood. And then it comes down to, oh, should I just force myself to do it anyway, just for the sake of the relationship?
2: It's always when you think about pleasing your partner or what is good for the relationship, clearly... If you're not having sex, you're tired or whatnot, what's good for your relationship? Sometimes, yeah, I've never personally, maybe not. Mm, yeah. I don't think I've ever regretted having forced sex. Like, oh, my husband wants to have sex. I'd always felt good. Like, oh, glad I did that. Cause now my, like, there's feel good endorphins, especially if you climax and you've got oxytocin mm. in your body, there's connection mm. there. So it's never bad. Now, yes. if you are dreading sex because it's not good sex, and sex to you isn't pleasurable or sex to you is more of a chore, I think that's also a concern that you have to address. If you don't want to have sex with your partner and you're not thinking, wow, for the health and sake of my relationship, we should be having sex at least X times a month, whether you like it or not, I have to eat food. I can control the kind of food, the timing of the food. But if I don't eat food, I'm going to get moody and hangry. Got to do it. So same with your sex life when you are in a committed partnership. Otherwise, you'll just fall into the trap of roommates at night and you're just paying bills and doing the thing and then the intimacy is gone. So I think what's important, Sarah, for those, yes, 100%, do what's required for your relationship. If you care, if you don't care, don't do it. But if you do care, you're going to do whatever it takes to maintain that relationship and also do what it takes for you to have an enjoyable experience. Because trust me, once you're in it, it should yeah. be good. If it's bad, you got to <laughs> <Yeah>. address that.
0: <laughs> it's just like going to the gym for me. Some <laughs> days I just absolutely I'm like, oh, God, I really don't want to go. But then once you're there and the same endorphins kick in, and then once you're done, I've never and had you're a bad in it,
2: workout. Right? Yeah.
0: Go. I'm always like, I'm so glad I did it. I'm so glad I did it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's holding on to that feeling, holding on to that thought, even as you're going into it. And also, I think it is also important to honor your needs. And even if we don't feel like full on penetrative sex, I think connection and intimacy can take many different forms. I think you could still offer to cuddle. You could offer to do an erotic massage together, even just make out. Really? Or you could even work on a course on the Clarity app together. That's a great way to prioritize intimacy. This idea that you're learning something together that can help you to take your relationship to the next level. Maybe it helps you to start a deep, vulnerable conversation that you wouldn't normally have. These are all things that build intimacy that don't necessarily have to be just full-on sex. So I had a look through the Clarity app and I actually took a few of the courses as well. And I thought they were extremely high quality, firstly, and kudos to you for pulling together some really great experts, names that I would even recognize as well. I thought there was also a great variety in terms of the courses themselves, you know, everything from building emotional connection to creating deep, lasting attraction, and even balancing work life and love life, actually, I found as a course. So which is very relevant to the topic that we're talking about today. And you know what I really appreciated as well about the app was that all these courses were these short, bite-sized audios. So two to five minutes each and great for people on the go like me. So for me, I was listening to them on the way to the gym, on the way to the supermarket. I found it very easy to consume. And I also went in and added a few comments on the forum as well, because you guys also have such an active community. I wanted to ask you a little bit more, what was the thinking behind some of the development of these features?
1: So initially last year we launched our beta, like a masterclass meets Reddit type of concept. So we've been working with over 50 of the top psychologists, neuroscientists, behavioral therapists, sex coaches, dating coaches, you know, a whole repository of different types of experts from all walks of life. And we brought them onto one centralized platform. And then we also have the Reddit-like community where people are able to safely and discreetly confide in each other and be a part of each other's relationship journeys and really vent and share. But what we came to realize after speaking to thousands of people during our beta is that when people need help in their love life and they're going through a really crazy situation that's challenging their mental health, then they need to speak to someone right now, right? Mm -hmm. So immediately they're really not trying to wait until the next therapy session. And then also we spoke to a lot of people who said that therapy oftentimes wasn't the right fit for them, Mm -hmm. you know, where they just needed some guidance. They needed some support, right. Without having to like always be focusing on the past and overcoming the trauma. And so, you know, what we came to realize is that people, they need help when they need help. When it comes to their love life, they need help now. And so Mm -hmm. that's why we are about to launch the hotline feature. By the time this episode is released, Mm -hmm. it's already launched. Amazing. Thank you. Yes. It is a 24 hour, seven days a week hotline. This is the one and only hotline for your love life where people are able to dial in at any given time of day and speak to a dating or relationship coach live on demand 24/7.
0: Wow, that is amazing. And that would be applicable to anyone in all the different time zones as well, right? So,
1: absolutely, absolutely. So, no matter where you are, it could be 2 a.m. in London mm-hmm. or 12 o'clock here in New York. Mm-hmm. We have coaches, certified coaches who are on standby to help you with what it is that you're going through. It could be as simple as Should I send this text message? Because we all know that sometimes sending a particular message can actually make or break a relationship, right? You oh, may yeah. hear that from that person ever again, <laughs> especially with the ghosting culture that's going on, mm-hmm. right? No explanation. Mm-hmm. needed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or let's say somebody's having a mental breakdown and it's 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to call their friends for whatever reasons. Maybe their friends give really biased opinions. Mm-hmm. Maybe their friends always tell them what they want to hear right? So the expert guidance and support is a true game changer, especially if it's on demand.
0: Yes, yes. I think that's so powerful. So what else can we look forward to seeing next from the Clarity app?
1: We are very, very excited for all the incredible things that we have on the horizon planned for everybody. And one of which is a booking feature so that users are able to book sex coaches, astrologers, and stylists. And so this is going to be a feature that I'm super excited to collaborate with you on, Sarah, as well as one of our main sex coaches. So if anybody wants to book a session with Sarah through Clarity, we are very, very excited for you to try this out. Well,
0: I'm very excited personally, obviously, to see what the booking feature will be like and to be collaborating with you. But I'm also just a big fan of what you guys are doing at Clarity App because I think an app for your love life is so needed today. And I hope you have lots of success. So we typically round out all of our podcast episodes here on Better In Bed with a speed round. It's called Quickie But Goodie. It's just a fun, lighthearted game. We play, I throw out a question to you two. You guys just answer off the top of your head. The answers don't really matter. They're just for fun. Okay, ready? Okay. Okay, first question. Which city in the world looks like it would offer the best work-life, sex-life balance to you? Which city in the world?
1: New York City, LA. Okay, Oh,
0: New York City. They look like they work too hard in New York City. I don't know about that. I said LA.
1: la uh, new York people find time to play i think but that, you, know, you know what I, work hard I, might, to play hard. I might change that to rome because i love it here so oh,
0: <laughs> great answer great answer no
1: people in europe have way too much fun carmelia in europe <laughs> yes, my, so, okay, okay my new, my, my new answer
2: is rome it's rome it's rome <laughs> all right
1: 65 day vacation in rome <laughs>
0: All right. So next question. Look, it's hard work being a superhero, but who looks like they would have a better work life sex life balance? Superman or a Wonder Woman?
2: Wonder Woman.
1: Wonder Woman by far. All the Is, way.
2: It, <laughs> Is it because she's a woman? <laughs> no, she could have sex with any man in the world. Wonder Woman. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, she's a woman. That's why.
0: And she's a woman. She's great at balancing and juggling and prioritizing everything that's important. Have
2: you seen her lasso, guys? Have you seen her lasso? That comes in useful.
0: (laughs) True, true. (laughs) Okay, what's your favorite way to get ready for a sexy date night?
2: I will always get a sexy date night. I will do it up. I will get a wash and blow dry for sure because to me... My, I have very long hair. It's difficult to manage. So when my hair is like my superpower. So if I get a wash and blow dry, that is like my essential for a great date night. Of course, like my nails and my mani pedi have to be on point. So if not, all three, all three in yeah. one day, but pretty much if I had to choose, it would be a wash and blow dry for ooh, me.
0: Oh, Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to go for a sexy lingerie, but
1: ooh. I'll give you a few
0: seconds to think. Lisa?
1: For me, I need to work out before I date. Yeah, I think that's really, really important where you feel good from the inside out and like to put on some music like while I'm getting ready, getting in the mood.
0: Yeah. Oh, I like to do a I little dance that. around my apartment as well.
1: Well, my workout will happen after the
2: date. So that's what... <laughs> <laughs> The you're going to be all perfect for that too. So <laughs>
0: Okay, so who would you rather go out on a sexy date night with? Elon Musk, the founder of Tesla, or Dwayne Johnson, The Rock?
1: That's an easy one for me. What is it for you, Lisa? Definitely Elon. Oh my goodness.
2: Oh, oh no. me, it's Dwayne Johnson for me. I it's The, knew the Rock, Rock for me too. I, mean. I, I <laughs> knew it. Listen, it's because Elon is eccentric and a little weird. So we wouldn't get along. Me and The Rock, oh my God. We'd do all kinds of stuff together. And I'm not talking sexual. I like I just personality-wise, I don't even think I can have sex with Elon Musk. Elon, if you're listening, I don't know. We're not a match. I mean, we're not a match. <laughs> yeah, I'm the, the rock all the, the way.
0: Rock. I can be your matchmaker, okay. though. Because... <laughs> <laughs> okay, last question. What's one thing that has helped you get better in bed?
2: Oh, I'm just going to say experience.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, experience, and I'm not somebody afraid to communicate. Ask, talk. So for me, it's really not being afraid to ask the questions, whether I want to hear the answer or not. So that's for me.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely, I think sex gets better with age, honestly. So just turned for fifty. Woo! Amazing, amazing. You go, you go, girl,
1: Carmelia. Didn't you share with me one time that apparently your best sex is supposed to be when you're in your sixties? Wasn't that yes. you share that?
2: That's not even a lie. That is statistically proven amazing. Um, well, you- that and most women and men in their 60s say they have the best sex. So 10 years from now it's going to even be better. That's insane. Amazing. So much
0: to look forward to, guys. Yes. How about you, Lisa?
1: I think experimentation. Mm. You really have to like mm-hmm. really know yourself. I think getting to know your own body and just knowing what works for you and what doesn't really really helps. And that comes with age. So my younger self, I definitely did not know myself at all whatsoever. So you guys are totally right. Things do get better with age as you know yourself in what works for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Awesome. So thank you very much, Lisa and Carmelia for joining me on this episode. Listeners, now I would love to hear from you. How are you prioritizing sex and intimacy and maintaining that work-life-sex-life balance? Find me at hellosarahsense on Instagram or drop me a line at sarahsense.com. I'd love to hear from you. And in closing, if something's really important to you, like sex and intimacy, don't just find time, make time for it, and you'll get better in bed. Thanks, everyone.
2: Thank
1: you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.